Hello, and welcome to Uncap Gaming, your one-stop shop for unprofessional opinions about video games, as proven by Dale's unprofessional interruption of my introduction. Um, on this week's episode, we will be talking about mine and Lloyd's trip to WASD, the Games Expo in London, which is the spiritual successor to EGX Rest. Um, and we're also going to be talking about a few issues around game streaming, streaming services and the different sides of the experience for game devs, as well as a whole load of news that has come from Activision Blizzard about changes in the organization there. My name's Phil, and as ever, I'm joined by nobody loves indie games quite like him, and sometimes he even finishes them rather than rage, rage quitting. It's Lloyd. Thanks for calling me out there. Nice one, yeah. Appreciate that one. <laughs> And I should be nice about him because he graduated the other day um, and he's all clever and stuff. But um, the man for whom every game is an FPS run and gun, even when they're not, it's Dale. That's very fitting, Phil. It is true. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I hope you're well. Um, you can find us lurking on social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Uncap Gaming. Um, and you can see even more of our content on YouTube, which you should be subscribed to if you're not already. Um, and join our community in Discord, all of which is linked in the description at the bottom of this video or this podcast episode, depending on where you are experiencing this lovely journey. Um, but before we go into any of the big stuff, the question that we always ask at the top of the episode, what have you been playing? And let's go to Dale first, because it feels like we've left him alone for a week to his own devices, so... <laughs> you are. Uh, I thought the question was going to be, who are you? And I was going to be like, I don't have a clue. Um, so, me, video games. We've been friends the past week. We've done things together. We've gone on some adventures. I've been playing Monster Hunter again. Quite a lot. Now, I say quite a lot, I mean quite a lot. It's not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy. <laughs> but now, yeah, I've been playing Rise again. I, um... Streamed a little to get ready for the new DLC coming out in June, which I'm like up to date now. I'm all ready, so I decided why the hell not? Might as well learn some new weapon types. And I started learning the hammer and shout out to all my hammer mains because my lord, it is fun. You just whack a monster in the face with a giant piece of another monster and watch it stagger around because it doesn't know what it's doing because you've just whacked it in the face. It's, it's so much fun. It's good. I endorse this type of type of violence, you know. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm breaking the meme. Um, yeah, no, I've I've been enjoying it. I've I've been thinking a lot about the game as well, and how I rank it versus worlds. And I think this would be interesting for Lloyd's because I know we both love worlds and how good world is. But um, yeah, I think it's I think worlds better. But yeah, it's that's a whole another spiel. That's a whole another thing. And Lego Star Wars, which, Lloyd, did you get Lego Star Wars? He did. Oh, I stole his game. Oh, I stole his game again. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Like, it's so good. But yeah, I'll let Lloyd talk about that a little, because I spoke about Monsanto, but yeah. Yeah, well, on that front, Lloyd, um, obviously, no mention of the WASD games, because we'll come on to that in a minute, but... Um, yeah. what have you, have you, have you, <laughs> since we last did an episode what have you played other than when we went to London uh, so it wasn't in London it was on the way to London but I played Lego Star Wars uh, as Dale said um, yeah I, I, I'm really I, it was it, they've kind of made it like open world-ish which they will like yeah agree. no yeah. they have it's, it's really cool um, and I, I 
I'm still on the Phantom Menace because I've just been wandering around. Um, <laughs> so like I've just been, and, but the thing is, is because I haven't unlocked anyone, I can't do anything. So yeah, I, just, like, I, I found that. Yeah, like, oh, that's cool. I'll remember that for later. Yeah, yeah. Just completely forget. You forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, like this weekend's been super busy. Uh, I started a new job, quit my new job because <laughs> it wasn't the greatest job. Um, he's in high demand, you know, he's a high demand um, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I came back yesterday and in time for the, to be with these lovely people. Hi. Um, so yeah, that, that's why. You, you can't you can't put that on your CV though. Say you, you're so high energy and so productive that you can start and quit a job within the same week. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for any, I mean, sorry, sorry for any employers out there. It was just not. It was not my cup of tea. So that, to, to be fair, I've I've done it. It's, yeah, yeah, you get that feel. I think it's more of an mm. older thing, isn't it? Once you get older, you kind of learn. Like, nah, I'm not. I'm not settling into this. But when you yeah, when yeah. you're younger, you're like, oh, I guess I'll just try through it. I I need money. But then when you're older, yeah. you're like, I'm worth more. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's. T- very easy, almost too easy to settle and then be stuck there yeah, for 40 yeah, years and yeah, not be right. Um, but yes, any employers listening, uh, Lloyd is lovely and I would highly <laughs> recommend him. <laughs> I should have really said that live on the internet. I, I want to be, <laughs> be the anti reference. If you need the anti reference for Lloyd, let me know. I have all his bad habits and his. Uh... <laughs> His toxic traits, I know I'm all this fine. I basically, I basically rage quit my job. That's what I did. <laughs> oh, that's the dream. Oh, you know, I, yeah, this is, this is a tangent already in the beginning, but me and Lloyd worked together for what, like two years? Would you say? Three years? Three years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Three years. And every single day we spoke about quitting together. It was incredible. <laughs> every single day. There was not a day where we didn't talk about quitting together. Oh, this is definitely the podcast I don't put on my portfolio. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't put this on there. Especially since I've come out and I'll be an anti-reference to you now. <laughs> I will. If they want bad things about you, I'll tell them the bad things, Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. um, narrator's voiceover. This is why they were unemployed for the next 40 years. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> need money. Gas prices need, are going up. You need that. Do you know the end of the film? So they do the grayscale. Where are they now, Dale? He's now yeah. wandering, <laughs> wandering forests because he doesn't know what happened. <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah. Let's let's move swiftly on before this becomes yeah. like the hole we can't dig ourselves out of. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, other than other than obviously the games we'll talk about, which were at the expo, uh, my main experience is this. Well, two weeks technically, um, where in the survival horror, no one, I think, no one will be surprised to, to hear. Um, so like survival I can, horror games. Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've never mentioned it. <laughs> um, so I finally completed Tormented Souls, which is absolutely fantastic it's got its flaws but it's it's a superb game as far as if you want that old school experience from like the late 90s early 2000s with like all the modern upgraded tech that that goes with it to make it as smooth as it can possibly be um and it's an indie title as well so any of the most of the flaws you can kind of forgive for being a smaller team and not a triple a production um but yeah absolutely superb on the other hand, I also played uh, Resident Evil Survivor, which for anyone who doesn't know is like an offshoot spin-off game that came out um, 
on the PlayStation 1 era, like Runtime, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 came out, which are all obviously mainline Capcom games. This was made by a separate, like, ghost, like, not like it's one of those company game dev companies that doesn't put its name on things it like sort of ghost writes the games almost um and it's it's interesting it's a first person shooter effectively it was made for light gun um i was playing it with a controller which was the clumsiest clunkiest thing ever in terms of trying to shoot um it's it's actually not as bad as it seems because like the, the story quite interesting if cheesy um and all this sort love of stuff. A, love a good bit of cheese, though. Cheese makes a game. Come on. Well, I mean, the whole the whole plot revolves <laughs> around a guy who um, crashes out of a helicopter and then has amnesia. So it's it's a cliche from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and then he mistakenly thinks that he's the villain when he after he finds some misleading information. And then there's also a great line later on where you hear, like, you're in a secret umbrella lab and you hear a voice message from the villain's mother telling him to come home and stop committing all those horrible crimes <laughs> uh, but it's glo- it's it's infuriating as a gameplay experience like if it was remade as a as a modern first person thing, it could be yeah. something fantastic but it's it's just awful <laughs> as far as the way the controls work you, you can tell it's made for a type of control that you don't have um, yeah. but it's still enjoyable in its own way no there you go but uh yeah so that that's uh spilt water down myself sorry you messy messy boy <laughs> so, i mean your, your cv is looking ever more impressive as we go on oh, you're, you're he's, just he's, sp- spilling things on yourself now <laughs> he's just fired that's his permanent ra- job status <laughs> I, i'm gonna rage at this podcast if you guys carry on <laughs> It'd just be, do you know, do you know on your LinkedIn profile where it says what you are, like in your thing on your subhead, and it'll just be fired. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, consistently unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. On. On, a, on. on a somewhat brighter note than that, though, um, like I said the big, the main thing that we want to talk about this episode is on. Uh, it was the seventh to ninth of April in London's Tobacco Dock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the well. WASD, which we had been pronouncing WASD, but apparently is officially pronounced WASD. Uh, the, 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 the Game Expo in London, <laughs> which, um, as I mentioned before, spiritual successor to EGX Res, a lot of focus on indie and PC titles. Not really much in the way, well, nothing sort of AAA. There were some bigger studios there, but it was mostly like promoting stuff from independent developers that they've got under their kind of there um that we, we were there for three days they gave up they gave us of all people press passes i mean it's, it's it was definitely like uh imposter syndrome it, it yeah like people were like oh my god you're pressed like what did you do and like we met some people through it as well which was quite nice because they were like how'd you get them and yeah we were just like yeah yeah we, we, <laughs> we, we make youtube videos <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't know if you want to kick off, Lloyd, as your sort of like. Oh, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was just it was just sick. Like it was just so much there. Um, so like my, I'd say like my find of the the event was Shadows of Doubt. Uh, from uh, Fireshine. I finally got it right. Fireshine. I called them all sorts. I called them Firefly, Fire Guys. Firefly. <laughs> 
but yeah, it was it was really sick. It was like this like randomly uh, generated open world detective game. So like every every experience is new, uh, every case is new, um, and you just go around like it's like. So I was assuming it was like very like Sherlock Holmes, where it was going to be very linear, very sort of like direct like directed, um, which is basically what linear means. But okay. Um, <laughs> Um, and then, but it was, so you're basically placed into this open world and you've got to go around and you've got to look for clues and kind of link where, where things were, were passed around, um, and like link them all up on this board that you open and it just gets chaotic and you have no idea. And then you've got to get rid of things cause it's so chaotic and it's just, yeah, and it was so sick. And like you, um, so another thing you could do is like, it's very stealth based. So you couldn't go around, you've got to like avoid the cameras you've got to turn them off um i learned the hard way that one of the breakers actually shuts the security doors so i was like locked in a building for about 20 minutes trying to figure out how to get out um and you climb through your vents it was just so good there was just i could go on all day saying the stuff but yeah i would i would definitely recommend checking that out uh, yeah do, do you become pretty sus when you take the vents ah but um I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't go WASD. I'm pronouncing it WASD from like I'm sorry, it's WASD. So I'm just here to pronounce little to to announce little funny things and anecdotes that I can make about the games that you play. So that's that's well, my role in this. Well, you you, you can be the uh, avatar for our listeners and audience who haven't been there and ask us questions or anything. You know, what does this mean? What are your thoughts? Um, Why is it called WASD and not WASD? Um, that we don't know the answer to. I think that was a, a yeah, we were, creative yeah. decision someone had made somewhere. And I think it sounds grander if we add an e. <laughs> yeah, was like it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Was does. What do you mean? Was. It's such a harsh like finish though. Like was It's such a hard finish. Damn it. <laughs> That's my excuse. That's my thinking of it. <laughs> uh sorry yeah video games video yeah games. <laughs> well i mean um so when we went the there was kind of two aspects to it there were the various rooms with all the games in and everything else which were which we'll i'm sure we'll talk about at left and anyone who is subscribing to our youtube channel or to our website will see the stuff we put up about particular games that have been a highlight for us and that's going to like by the time this is going out there should be already quite a few you up and then there'll be a few more to come in terms of reviews of certain games um and then there was also a series of talks um on two stages one was kind of general interest stuff talking about different topics within gaming that might have been an interest like we, we attended um i'm trying to think on the subjects now it was one on uh, nostalgia and relaxing games yeah yeah there was, there was yeah, that was really uh, cool Nostalgia games, relaxing games. One about like the, the carbon footprint of the games industry. One about like um, what you do once you've got an idea for a game and how it co- kind of goes and stuff like that. And there were a few others to that effect. Um, and then there was also like a games career stage, and they also seem to have companies doing like one to one with people who were like aspiring game devs and like looking at their portfolios and stuff like that. So like, it seemed quite cool like, in terms of being there for the fans and like people who want to just wander around and go oh shiny games which i think was was us uh, <laughs> and then people who were like right i'm i'm here because i want to be in the industry and do this and i want to get in the industry and yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, they they did that at EGX as well when we went, didn't they? Um, we yeah, had a, we had a couple. Of, I think it's uh, I think it kind of works across. Did they do an insomnia? I don't think they did. If remember. they did, we didn't. We didn't. Know. Yeah, yeah. So I think Insomnia, we went with like a group of friends. friends and yeah, more, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was the Call of Duty there as well, wasn't it? And yeah, we, yeah. We discovered Pokemon cards. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like, I I think it is very much, uh, like, and obviously part being part of London Game Fest as well. So that that's probably why it was like that mixture. Whereas like, like I said, like Insomnia, it, I don't, I can't remember if there was, but it was very much more fan based than kind of going around playing games which is cool mm. yeah well i think uh, i mean <clears throat> for me the, the there were like three highlights i think um which i'm not going to surprise anyone again who's watched the videos but um so there was the last hero of nostalgia which was um a comedy souls like uh <laughs> which it plays like it plays like you know haven't played demon like demon souls you've got that same similar mechanics in terms of your dodge roll and your block and your parry um and strikes and stuff and then it obviously you've got to learn it and, and master it otherwise you're gonna get battered and killed quite easily but it's also got that kind of hung in cheek humor um and it also like there was another souls like game from team 17 i think yeah team 17 uh, yeah which I can't remember the name of, but I know I got fed up with quite quickly because it was like an overly complicated combat system where there were like several different types of attack and it's like almost mixed up like the Bloodborne type parry where it was like, in this case, throw some throw knives, but like in Bloodborne's like shoot the parry like to disrupt the attack type thing versus like the Dark Souls ones where you tried to have both and then there were like three different kinds of attack and it was just like, shoulder buttons and main face buttons and I'm just like right I'm getting mixed up and confused and I'm not getting and this is just ridiculous so that one I don't think landed quite as well so Nostalgia definitely got both of those things right the, the humour and also the, the combat balance the the thing that cracked me up about Nostalgia was the character creation so um I don't know if you any like uh, so he's like a pixelated stick man basically and um, the armor just kind of sits on top of him, um, and like as we were, we were walking past the first day, that one of the security guards was like, "That's a bit of a, a crap, uh, crap protagonist. Why would you make that as a protagonist?" But he had dreamy, pixelated eyes, and I just fell in love with him. But um, he was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, it was, it was just like, and then you go with lost like, in those pixels, oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Nice and white. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you go into the character creation screen and it's like, it's, it kind of does this um, thing where it gives you all the options, but it doesn't actually do anything because it's obviously like just a pixelated thing. And it, it's, like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's <laughs> just from the off, it was just hilarious. And it kind of like, it's one of those games that will instantly, I, I think it will just instantly grab you and just like make you want to play more. I that's that's a genre I think that kind of needs a humor game to it. Yeah, and I think mm. that'll help people get over how hard and how you know um, draining those because they can be draining playing Souls like, especially yeah. when you've been killed like eighty times by one boss. I mean, you saw the end of my. Uh, my Elden Ring stream when I was just running into that boss and people were like, take a break, Dale. I was like, no, 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 no. A break's not going to solve nothing. No, I'm just going to keep running at them. Yeah. So I think that humor <laughs> would be a, a nice little break. Obviously, I, I don't think, like, 
it's a genre where it'll turn into a humor based genre, but it's it, it it'd be like a nice welcome thing, you know. It's it's something that needs at least one or two to do it, you know. Yeah, it's definitely not going to change like anything in the genre, but like yeah, it it was it like I it kind of there was things that it just like the, the so it's narrated over the top basically, and he just takes the mech out of your your character, mm-hmm. um, and it you can like it's just some of the things he says. Um, just like kind of rip into the souls genre a bit and be like, you know, here's like kind of get good <laughs> and stuff. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great game, and like the guys at Code Sync were awesome as well to speak to. So yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things we found pretty much the whole place, wasn't it? Was everyone was enthusiastic to talk to you? Go, oh, you yeah. want to play my game? Let's let's talk to you about it. Let's be um, enthusiastic and. It, and because it was small enough, you could have those conversations. Like it wasn't like, sorry, I'm swamped because there's like a crowd of fifty people in this one booth. Um, so you're never going to get to speak to anyone. It's just you could. Most, I mean, there were times when you couldn't get on a certain game, but there was always, you generally got. We well, we I don't know whether we did because we were because we were press and like mistaken for people who were important. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, we we generally did get to speak to people, so that was good. Yeah, it, that, I think that's the one thing I preferred to this event to like EGX was like EGX. It was just you're constantly bumping into people, like it, mm. it was like rammed sort of alleyways. Whereas this was a bit more open and like people were more spreadly wide out, spread out. And because it was a Thursday, Friday, Saturday rather than a uh, is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday at EGX, or was it the four days? I think I, I think it had four days, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. We did Thursday, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Like and I think because it was the Thursday and the Friday, it was a bit quieter, obviously because yeah. of work and stuff. So yeah, it, it it was just it was really nice to get to speak to people and like get to know more about the game and the games and and like obviously the devs are there as well. It's not just like the PR guys from the publishers, um, especially when you went into the indie section. Um, you, you know, you, you got to like actually speak to the devs and that was really cool. Yeah, because there were quite a few people. We, uh, me and Lloyd played a game called We Were Here Forever, which was like you had to sit up, you had to make sure you couldn't <laughs> see each other's screens, but then describe to each other like how to get through these different rooms. So we're like trying to navigate each other by walkie talkie, so and you couldn't talk at the same time, but then like realizing like we have no way of like universal way of describing directions. It's like just go over. Oh, you can't see me. Down, down. <laughs> the best thing. The best thing about that was me trying to like describe the concept of the game because <laughs> I, I, I did I discover it first. I think I was like, you got to match the the doors up, and then I was like, <laughs> so I was like trying to explain it, but obviously it's push to talk, and like I'd let go of the mouse and stuff, so I just cut myself off, and it was just <laughs> I was like, I'm so bad at communication. Yeah, but that, get, that game was it. sick. It was so good though, but we only had twenty minutes. I think if we had like another four days we would have we would have done it <laughs> <laughs> yeah as long as we could just be chained there until we escape we would see at some point <laughs> uh, yeah that, that was that was it was like a really cool idea because um so the you basically unlock the rooms that that so certain rooms have keys in them and then you unlock you unlock new rooms um and then you've basically got to try and get together um so it's like you've done all this work to unlock all these rooms and now you've got to figure out the way to get together and then it's even harder now because you've got all these rooms and it's like where, where do i yeah. go next sort of thing. 
Um, so you're kind of unlocking more that makes it harder, but you're progressing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, because it's not you're in a ball, basically. You create the ball around you. Okay. Um, so you're like looking up and you're trying to figure out where the symbols match on the rooms and stuff. Um uh, it's yeah, it was just such a good such a good concept, I think. And yeah, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's one made for people who are really good at communicating with yeah. each other rather than people who just go um and do things i don't know uh, <laughs> um but there were quite a few multiplayer things on offer like so there was in the same room there was also a guy who was promoting something called bullion which was um basically all pirates on an island oh. and it's like a fight fight you have to fight like for each other for the treasure, but it's like it's explicitly been made as a couch co-op because, like, say for families or groups of friends to play, like when they're all physically together. Like the the guy there was like telling us about like that was kind of his vision was to try and get more sort of human contact out of it and that, that kind of thing and use that. So that was quite interesting. And then I think the one that struck me as like the big the multiplayer that like you'll see on every YouTuber's channel once it comes out type thing is it's called Golf Gang. Which oh, is a yeah. racing game yeah. where you as golf balls. Um and you so you it mechanics are dead simple. Click mouse, hold down, pull back, release, ball flies off with as you know, fast or as not, and then you've got to get through it. It's a mini golf course, it's not like straight, so it's like lots of obstacles, water. And then you can add in modifiers like the more times you um swing the bigger the ball gets, making it harder. Or if you, you can <laughs> explosive collisions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cool. I love I like how that. like yeah, I got I got a hang of it, and I was like, because Phil was like kicking my ass at first, and then I was like, I've got a hang of it, and I was winning every game. We went into a competition. They added these modifiers, and I just finished last. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, and there, there's a, there was actually another golf game as well, Curse to Golf. Um, so it's like a platformer golf game. Uh, oh, okay. which is really cool so that like obviously very unique kind of movement style and you basically just gotta hit the ball but you've got like ace cards and stuff so you can like stop the ball in midair you can get extra shot but you've got to obviously do it within a par count um so you get limited shots and stuff um cool. that, looks, that looks like it's gonna be loads of fun um what's the boom in um golf games lately uh i think that was just like kind of he wanted to make a platformer but different yeah it uh, seems like it seems like people have realized the golf itself is boring so let's like you know <laughs> make it fun because <laughs> it is i'm sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm this is my controversial statement of the thing <laughs> but golf is boring if you enjoy golf you, you're probably you're boring i'm sorry <laughs> joking it's a joke you can enjoy what you want it's just golf's boring <laughs> but no, there's there's some really good like um like golf with friends um and there's yeah, a few yeah. other ones in there and they're 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 quite think, a laugh you know. I think it's because of the like obstacle. It's almost like an obstacle course in terms of like yeah. A lot of them are mini golf in there. They're not like full on golf. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So so like I, I think PGA Tour Twenty Two is yeah. not taking off. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Or, or golf simulator. Count. Although the. the the simulators that were most popular there were Lawnmower Simulator and Power Wash Simulator. So <laughs> oh, both of them look amazing. The Lawnmower Simulator, it's like, it's really hard. 
but because yeah. we were like trying to draw faces and all sorts of other <laughs> yeah. things in there. You are actually supposed to like mow the lawn properly. Like there's yeah. like you get points and you get penalties if you dig too deep. And then there was me with the with the hedge trimmer just like carving ox into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> PG thirteen, please. Um, yeah, um, and, like you get like fuel and stuff as well. So you you've got like, you've got time limit to do things, and you're against the, yeah, you're definitely against the clock. But it's sick. And and oh oh, and I also got a chance to play Honey. I joined the cult, which is a great game. Oh, that looks incredible! Yeah, it was so good. Like it's just like you. Um, so you, obviously you get the cult, you get the lecture hall. I I built a prison because why not? Um, and then. Yeah, and then you build like a yoga place in the corner. That it was, yeah, it's, it's very much like just a, a mick take out of like management sims, but it's just well, not it, a mick take, but it's it, just a funny version. Like, and it's just really stupid. It's yeah. just really yeah. stupid. Just really, well, I like that. Although it has yeah. to be said that like Lloyd's um, ability at being a cult leader, as shown by that, and then Cult of the Lamb as well. It's just. I think we should watch out at some point if you see like his followers <laughs> flocking, um, waiting for the next UFO to take them to the promised land. <laughs> yeah, yeah Cotton uh, the Lamb was good. I, I, I kind of enjoyed that. I think the demo didn't show off enough for me to be like, this is going to be a great game. But because um, it, like, obviously it's two sides. So you've got the, the like roguelite sort of side of it, which is the combat and everything. And then you've got the base building. But it didn't really show how they like, connected like obviously so the roguelite you go through the dungeons and you kind of unlock um new followers and you unlock um like resources and stuff to build but it didn't really show how like the base building could benefit that so i'm assuming it's all like power-ups and stuff but um yeah i i'm keeping i'm keeping my eyes open for it and kind of hoping there's more gameplay than the 20 minutes i gotta play but um i'm, I'm a bit a bit skeptical about it it's it's going to be a good game, I think. But I, I suppose I that's want the, to see. the really difficult thing, ain't it? For uh, specifically indie games, because I suppose AAA games don't need to worry about it. But it's like the um, what you don't and do show off, yeah, in the mm. demo, you know, yeah, because like it's obviously very story driven. Mm. Um, so it, it's like you don't want to show off too much of it that makes sense but you also want to show off every bit of it and you've got 20 minutes to do it so it's like you know you, and then you, it's you kind need of enough to hook people in basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it, it, yeah like i'm just i'm not gonna make a judgment on that demo that's what i mean by being skeptical i'm not like it's gonna be a bad game i'm just more yeah not making a final judgment i suppose that. i suppose it's a really interesting thing to look up because there's there's no right I suppose there's a lot of wrong ways to do it, but there's no like, no set every, right way to do it. You know what I yeah, mean? Everything's every, going to be different. Yeah, because like there's like Curse the Golf, for example, managed to show off what I think is going to be the whole game in that 20 minutes that I got to play because it's kind of going to follow that same structure. Yeah, yeah, it's got that same gameplay loop. Yeah, no yeah. Relatively, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. That's so, fair. Whereas, like, Cult of the Lamb, I want to see a bit more before I'm like, yeah, this is a great game. This is going to be... I'm definitely still excited for it because I think the idea is really cool, but... Yeah. Any um, Silk Song stuff there, or... Nah. Uh, it's a waste of an event, then. <laughs> no, no Silk Song. 
The only um, Metroidvania we got was um, one called Imp of the Sun. Looked very cute and was quite interesting to play for a little while. But again, sure they're lo- I'm sure they're lovely devs, but it's not Silk Song. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was Fire Shrine as well, wasn't it? That was next to Shadows of Doubt, yeah. Yeah, the, and they also did Silt, which is a very eerie black and white underwater game where you're like a diver going through. It's kind of like um, if Echo the Dolphin was made by HP Lovecraft. Um, okay. So instead of the dolphin, you've got the diver, and then you can also possess these other creatures. And then there's, there is definitely, a, I mean, I think the deep sea is very eldritchy. In real life, anyway, but there was definitely kind of the sense that you were leading towards something horrific. Yeah. <laughs> Some <point. laughs> yeah. So on their promotional stuff, they've got because I, I played the demo before we went. Um, it's like they've got like what looks like this trained up monster as well. So I think there's going to be some mad things going on in that game. But uh, it looks it looks sick. I can't wait to play. But um, I've also got a game for Dale. So yeah, it's got, it's got dinosaurs. Oh, I'm in. Send me the wish list thing. I'm, I'm buying it already. <laughs> yeah, so what um, is it? Okay, it's Vale. Uh, it, was, it won the Transfuser competition. Uh, oh. so it's still like in the early stages at the moment. But um, yeah, it's uh, kind of like this. Um, so you basically get a pet dinosaur that you can like ride around and it can bash things and it can do do all sorts of stuff. And then you've got to pick up this egg, uh, which the dev said kind of hatches into this uh into another pet and stuff um it, it yes you please. could tell it was definitely in the early stages so i'm not gonna kind of make too much of a judgment on it i don't like, but the art style was absolutely phenomenal so i'd definitely go and check out the devs if like uh yeah they're called meteorite media um i'll definitely go check them out um the game looks stunning. So I mean, anyone making a dinosaur game is a good game to me, or a good dev to me. <laughs> they deserve to be in my wish list, regardless. True. Yeah, that, that's definitely one for Dale. I'll just be roaming around, but I got a dinosaur. Just you guys, like, oh yeah, I finished it. Where are you two, Dale? And it just cuts to my POV and it's me screaming and just pure joy riding a dinosaur. Uh, just um, everybody do the dinosaur on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you enjoyed the event then? Loved it was it. good. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, was, it, was it not? Well, Phil, this is it's your first gaming event? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't sure what to because, like, I've, whenever I've been to my previous experience with conferences, was not anything to do with video games. So it was a very different affair and it was a lot drier and duller, we'll definitely say. Um, or well, the gaming yeah. event. No, no, this, uh, this was a lot more fun and like a lot more alive and mm. I, I think I liked the fact that although obviously the talks were kind of time sensitive the fact that you could just take your time and do everything in whatever order you wanted and wander around and like I say the, the personal aspect of just people coming up and be like oh you, you're interested in my game let me talk to you that was yeah. I think very good because it, it's always good when people are like genuinely enthusiastic for things rather than just yeah, they're trying Hello, to sell. I something. am selling a product. Yeah, it's intoxicating, isn't it? Listening to someone be passionate about something, even if you're not passionate about it, just gets you like just, just so hyped. It's nice. Yeah. I like that. So you enjoyed it, Phil. Your first, your first gaming event was was a success. 
I did. Baby, baby's first game event was. <laughs> oh, oh. And how was it? How 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 was it being back then? Like, was it oh, nice mate, speaking to people? Oh, I, 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 yeah, I, I, it was just so nice to speak to people about games, and and not oh. you guys. <laughs> but I'm joking. Um, but it was, it was, yeah, it was just really nice. I was gonna, I was gonna disconnect from the uh, the thing <laughs> then as a sign of protest, but then I think the audio listeners would be very confused yeah. as to what happened <laughs> sorry carry on. It's, it, yeah it's like phil said it's just like listening to someone like it was like the bullions guy for example um i forgot his name but um like it was just so nice to see him being generally like enthusiastic because i spoke to him the day after we spoke to him as well and he was like so generally like enthusiastic about the game and like what it could do and the impact it could have on on like the get um not the gaming space the like the community in terms of like people meeting up and stuff so it's it's really nice to kind of see that passion there and like mm. yeah and just see all the mad things that people are coming up with but you, also you know. he was in he was in costume with a giant bull's head at his side yeah so. that, that did help <laughs> attract us to him but yeah and he, he was like he just gen he was like just really approachable and he like came up and just top guy and yeah, that, that that's the thing. Like that's why these events are so great compared to like just I'm gonna sell you a product today. Die. <laughs> die I'm selling you a product. I don't know where that accent went, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think Lloyd's <laughs> one was in somewhere. was in Birmingham and then you, you went to Australia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm tired, okay. I can get away with it. Um, uh, so before we move on to the next kind of topic uh, from your point of view, Lloyd, any kind of further honourable mentions as far as games or anything? Mm. Uh, Hard West 2, I would say. I think that was really fun. Uh, Turn-based combat game. Um, I never actually played Hard West 1, but it like took a turn when all the undead people started coming out. Uh, ooh. Yeah, he's on Dark, Dark Fracture as well. Has to be in there because it may fill jump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that uh, has been recorded for posterity on. Uh, I didn't even realize he recorded you, to be honest. Yeah. Be, be <laughs> if you be a Derek's Twitter page, they put a video up of all the people jumping from the game, which included yours truly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and probably Tractiomi has to be in there. Um, that's kind of overtaken Cot of Land for me at the moment because like, I love the cinematic platform, like three two point five D sort of thing just play, uh, play it play it on the easiest difficulty though <laughs> <laughs> as phil went the hard way yeah, yeah I, I just put it on what Here's i thought was medium normal difficulty and like every single time like the level of precision required for every parry was just it was just too, i couldn't even get to like the first bridge type thing and then lloyd was like miles ahead and was like why are you so far am i, am I crap at this and he, oh i just put it on story modes <laughs> <laughs> Big brain. Uh, <laughs> up here for thinking, down here for playing games. Yeah, boy. Wee. Wee. Yeah, I don't know what that was. But... Oh. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I would agree with all of that as far as further honorable mentions. But um, yeah, so that that was was the. I, I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, hopefully, next time we will get to bring Dale along. Uh, it gets dangerous with me around, you know. 
Pokemon cards or battle you. Yeah, and, and <laughs> drinking in hotel lobbies, dancing out at four in the morning, singing baggy trousers. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we could have convinced you to <laughs> spend the, the... Was it £200 for the, for the Dark Saber? I would, yeah, no. I have to speak to, you know... Like, I, I, I was close like to that. buying it. No, nah, I was on TikTok. We were in, I I, no, you TikTok. don't buy it, though. Hmm? You don't buy the dark saber. You just got to kill the person that has it, haven't you? That's how you get yeah. a dark saber. Yeah, I don't think that like, works in real I, life. I think I'd be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be going to a convention again. Then so. You will have the dark saber, so it'll be pretty hard to arrest you. You know. Come on, then you. Feds. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Fight me. And then they go, dink, dink, it's just plastic. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I also got this lovely Garrus t hoodie that I love as well. So that's, and I that's got my... Um, Astro. I got a triple XL, so that's why it looks like I've got shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> but Astro's Playroom, Bone White hoodie. Uh, as we've learned what Bone White is. Me and Dale both have been like... I thought there was open. just one shade of white, you know. <laughs> um... Bad. Um, People make make it up. No. But yeah, so that that's that was pretty much everything from there. And like as I mentioned earlier, if anyone wants to uh, see any more about the expo, then um, other than following them on Twitter, I don't know whether they're going to be active now that it's ceased until next year. But you can also check out our YouTube and website for more on everything that's happening there. Um, but in terms of what we're going to come to next. Uh, we talked on the last episode about the PlayStation Plus and the new model that it gone to, and, and obviously a lot of people have seen it in like terms of competing with Xbox because it's game streaming services and um, everyone competing to be the the game in Netflix as it's been dubbed. Um, and there's two stories that have come out quite recently which have kind of highlighted, I suppose. The two opposite sides of this. Um, so, one is from the Guardian from Monday, which was talking about how there's been like quite a considerable cash influx into the gaming industry and developers, as a lot more um, big companies from Microsoft and Sony, as we'd expect, but to Apple, um, Google, Amazon. Um, and even Netflix or pumping cash in to try and like cash in on like what is basically the biggest entertainment sector at the moment. Um so this is seen as quite a, a quite a positive even even for kind of independent um third party developers. So they're saying that even those who've stayed independent have welcomed the new model in which game developers are paid significant sums up front to put their games on the service. Greatly reducing the risk of a new title, um, thinking without a trace, essentially. Um, and then on the other side, there was a story which came out uh, just today, actually, where Lorne Lanning, who's the creator of Oddworld, has said that um, it being part of the PlayStation Plus monthly bundle has meant it was devastating for the game sales. Because um, you made they made the deal on the expectation of around five fifty thousand to hundred thousand copies being sold, and then because it was a free game, it was downloaded over four million times. Um, 
and then he's saying that that's um a huge amount of sales that they obviously didn't get compensated for because of what they made the deal on the basis of um so that's kind of like i suppose the two sides of it but but then uh, any the, i suppose the other argument for that is how many of those people would have bought the game if it wasn't free you know what I mean? How many did you say downloaded it? It was like 4 million, did you say? Yeah, 4 million yeah. downloads. I mean, how how many of them realistically are going to go out and buy an a a, 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 a... Say the name, please. <laughs> okay. uh, Oddworld Soulstorm. Oddworld, yeah, I'm thinking Abe. Like, um, how many people are actually going to go out and buy them? Because that's a pretty older game series, you know? It's, it's going to be more people buying in nostalgia and buying for like to thing that up. people are not going to be looking at this like i suppose the younger generation like oh my lord this is a brand new do you know what i mean so i don't know how many of those sales would have been made maybe maybe i'm being a bit cynical um because I, I i love odd worlds odd worlds incredible you know i watched my dad play through the majority of them but mm. you know it's, it's, how, how well did psychonauts do though because psychonauts is an older franchise well, yeah, not... maybe maybe that's going to prove my um, psycho <clears throat> not two or was it three? Uh, two, two, two sales. Don't know, Joe. Uh, sold one point seven million. It's not too bad. No, it's not no. not too bad. For, for the, the, yeah, I think the awkward thing is is like subscription services are like great for awareness mm. but i like this is because we're seeing this happening with spotify as well it's like because the amount of it that well obviously it's a very different way of doing it where it's like it's more of a commitment to buy a, even like downloading a game is more of a commitment than listening to a song um in a, in a way um yeah it's it's kind of like it's this weird thing of like it's great for awareness and kind of bringing because um and like showing customers new games because you can bring it to the foot you can like make that ui to um to like focus on their likes and dislikes mm. for example so games they're going to play so like you know like odd world if you're playing i i don't know maybe a game that you could play like that, that's quite similar to odd world but you know, it's going to bring that to the forefront, make them aware of the game. And like you said, like the younger generation might not know what Oddworld was. So it's like, and like, yeah, like, I don't know. It's like a double edged sword, and it's, yeah. it's good, it's bad. Because that's the thing that's always interested me that, like, I, I can't comment because I've not researched, and I will go ahead and research because I do want to know. It's like, how much money do devs make off these? How much, like, you, you know, because yeah, I suppose it's the safe bet in this to make, yeah, this, yeah, they make their money necessary because normally, like, they'll have their quota. So, if you make this amount of money, normally you can make your next game, blah blah blah. Yeah, so it's safe for that, but then, like, I guess it's not safe in the sense that if that game is actually like a hidden gem. And yeah. you know, uh, people want to absolutely go nuts with it, and everyone buys it. 
it won't make the money that it's got the potential to. It's it's weird because yeah, it, I, I, it, it like it's the safe play, but it also limits you, I suppose. You know, yeah. I think because like that's what Xbox has done really well is they're taking games off as well at certain points. Um, so yeah, it's like the whole thing with the longevity argument comes in there is like if the game is has enough like replay replay value. And it's like, I love that game. I played it on subscription service and I could buy it for like, I don't know, because obviously it's not going to be day one release now. Um, mm. I could buy it for like 30 quid. Like that, you know, surely that, like, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, the, the, throw me off. <laughs> what I was trying to say. The thing, the thing that possibly complicates it is, I mean, with Oddworld, it wasn't on... so. I know it's being restructured and PlayStation Plus basically will be all in one. But at the moment, the equivalent of Xbox Game Pass is PlayStation Now, um, which is mm. where you can you go on and you can stream a bunch of games. PlayStation Plus is just the online subscription to play games and then just each month gives you free, three free games. And so it was one of them. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, I mean, I get what Dale was saying because like, I... I've got PS Plus, and like as a habit, every single month I go on and I add every single one to my library, so I've got them for posterity. Even if I, yeah. I'm never going to play that game. And I did when I added uh, Soulstorm. This this one, um, I played it for a little bit, and then I wasn't overly wild to be honest. I didn't really stay with it, um, so it, it kind of just it's just sitting in my library now. But I imagine you know I'm not going to be loading that in the being the person got right i'm just going to build up my games library just every month it's free take 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 um which is again different than it being just generally available this is something you have to actively you you've got one month where you can claim it for free and then you've got it as long as you've got that that subscription so it's slightly different but i don't know how much difference that makes to the actual sale i mean that might it might mean, you know, we say that if they were expecting a hundred thousand, it might have sold more than that. But whether it would have sold four million is a whole other matter, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, downloads are never you're never going to equate sales to that. Like if <laughs> you if your game is on a subscription service, your downloads are always going to be well over your sales numbers and you'd kind of need to take that on the chin i think as a dev and but it's like subscription services are fantastic for consumers but they're not they're not great for creators like because of the, the return on investment and stuff but yeah it's just this like awkward thing where i think we need to kind of find a, the best middle ground now because like mm. subscription services are here to stay like they're not going anywhere Mm. But it, I think it, it, like I said, it, it is also up to the game, the, the devs, to make that replay value so great that the the player need like wants to buy the game if they're focused. Like, do you get what I mean? If it if goes focused. into the yeah, yeah, because like, but then I'm... that's that's quite awkward for story games though. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of story yeah. games are replayable. You know, mm. well yeah. they are, but <laughs> once you know the story, it's like it's, it's different. Dying. Exactly, it's different to yeah, like yeah. being like uh, I don't know, Binding of Isaac and games like that because you you're constantly doing the same thing, but it's enjoyable because you're doing that same thing, and then the you know the replayability comes through that gameplay. Yeah. Loop, you know. So is is it is it not a case of really thinking 
whether that game is going to do well on a subscription service and kind of do you know what yeah, I mean? But it, then, just... then coming from like the the subscription service owners, you know, like Microsoft yeah. and stuff like that, they can't have it just be like a a one genre genre yeah one kind of genre subscriptions because there's no point but i mean i've literally i've got game pass up right now Mm. and i was just scrolling through as we were talking just to see what's new on there and the amount of different games that are just hitting me straight away like you've got like a warhammer 3 age of empires outer worlds stardew valley yakuza 5 skyrim then you got like all the Halo games being recommended to me, which are all games that I play, it's all recommending stuff that I'd like. But there's so much different stuff in there. I've named a load of, like, almost AAA games there, but they're massive on, like, indie games in there, and they yeah. love, like, throwing that stuff in. But that wasn't a good representation to that. But, like, if it was just literally me looking at it and it just being like, oh, you know... um, Halo 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, the other shooter, this shooter, that shooter, and it was just those games, you'd be like, wow, I might pick this up one month for this new game coming out. Well, actually, shooters are a bad example, but you get what I mean. If it's a one-fit kind of system, no one will buy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it shouldn't alienate, but it's like you said, like games like Bind- Binding and stuff, you know. They fit that model a bit better. Yeah, is it? Is it? I, like, I think it, it depends yeah. as well on because um, <clears throat> I mean, there's obviously we're leaving aside like the biggest AAA game because I think even if subscription service didn't exist or you don't have it, you, they're going to sell because people buy them because that's why they yeah, play. Yeah, um, it's more. I mean, whether it's kind of a case of like more of an issue of like the back end in terms of what type of deal they're making out how. The amount of money compares to the sales, like whether that's just a flat rate up front based on estimates or whether they you know look if it, if it's more we need you know more but but how you'd kind of judge that because I think it might be one thing to look at I don't know if if um like it's got downloaded four million times on PS plus but then when you look at like the steam sales for example, which are sales people who don't have playstations or PlayStation plus and it's actually only. 20,000 copies there or something like that then that probably tells you a different story than I'm not, I'm not saying that's an actual figure that, that was figure pl- plucked out of the air but that's probably a better judge like what they sold on a different platform that doesn't have that prescri- subscription service is probably a better indicator of the realism. Yeah I suppose so but then like I don't know I guess things go into like what genres are favoured on different consoles because I imagine there is, you know, there's a like a a bias to different genres and different types of games on different cause it, I suppose it depends on the games that those publishers uh, the you know the um the home publishers are pushing out if that's the right word, you know what I mean? So that yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of cultivates that um that uh community not community is the wrong word, but that kind of atmosphere the the games that they they played so yeah i suppose that's one thing they can do but then i suppose those biases kind of play into effect as well it's weird because like i'm i'm very like i'll look at these subscription services and i think they're amazing like i genuinely think they're absolutely incredible but then you don't think about the back end side of it you know the the devs and i'm coming from a purely 
consumer point of view and you know how cheap it is for the games that you get access to you know yeah. like this yeah. would be a godsend to me as a kid and especially my parents you know and and growing up you know but money... yeah, i mean i mean just just on that point it's like i mean i, I don't think this is true for game because like the games industry is as i say in terms of monetary value is so much bigger than any other entertainment but like netflix for example um, and presumably there's a similar tale with Disney Plus and Amazon, but um, although it's like the biggest streaming service, that runs at a loss. Like, it doesn't actually make profits. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the, the, that's, that is the other side of it, which, which is on the one hand, it's good because it's cheap, but then if it's if that means that eventually they the kind of, it all runs out and then it collapses on itself and you've not yeah. got it anymore, then Mm. Again, that's not yeah, to say that that will happen with the gaming ones because I, I don't think it will because I don't think it's quite the same. But well, it says here that it's a, uh, it's expected to reach eleven billion dollars by twenty twenty five. The subscription service industry, uh, gaming specifically, the gaming specific, yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's insane, that's insane amounts of money. Yeah, but, but it, is that it, is that in, that that's in terms of like gross? money yeah. flying around both ways isn't yeah. it yeah. Because, because obviously the profit is the subscriptions minus what they have to pay out to the different yeah. creators I, it doesn't say whether they're actually working at a loss or not but um but yeah it I, it is like yeah subscription service i think they always will be a double-edged sword because it is great for consumer it's great for awareness but yeah. it, it's kind of, and it is great for downloads and play and accessibility and everything else. But on the other hand, in terms of like running a development studio as a company, is it? Yeah. Like, how viable is it? Do you know what I mean? And like, I, I'll de- like, hopefully, like something comes up about this again so I can have numbers. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's worth actually sitting there because it is something that I've been genuinely interested in, but just not not got around to actually you know reading up and and taking my time to figure out but i don't know how much information is widely available to be fair yeah it's not it's not too much no well, i mean one other thing that kind of feeds into the, the this issue is the the news um from today the um from the uk's competition and markets authority did an investigation into um automatic renewal of subscriptions and and one of the main results of that is the playstation plus and with nintendo switch online are both um now going to be contacting um so they've got to change their renewal practices for subscriptions so sony is going to contact customers who haven't used the service in a long time to show them how to cancel it Mm. um and then if users neither cancel nor return to the service, sorry, and top payment payments altogether, and then Nintendo no longer have automatic renewal set as the default option, um, meaning they have to manually activate the feature themselves. So this yeah. is presuming people who just you know paid in at some point. And I mean, I, yeah. I I did this with Xbox. I forgot to cancel my free subscription. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. funny enough, I did it on the opposite end with PlayStation, where I I got it to play God of War. <laughs> But this was like, that, that was the whole thing with like three month subscriptions. One, uh, the free like month subscription was that that's how they made their money is people forgetting, forgetting. to subscribe. Yeah, but you Which think is... that's that's something that 
these services, specifically in the gaming industry, I don't really care about Netflix and all that a lot. They don't need to care about anymore. But you still think it's a big part. I think it'll be, it'll be I, I a think... part, but it's, it's like gyms, isn't it? As people sign up with the best intention and then it just falls by. The, I mean, even, I, I even think... with PlayStation, like PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, I use them, but not anywhere near as much as I probably could because I just. But I don't cancel them because I, I, I feel like it'd be losing out more. So it's kind of like a. You know. Same, to be fair, I probably had Game Pass running for like the past five, six months. I don't think I've played a game on there for quite some time. Yeah. But it's just there because like, oh, if I turn around and I see something I want to play, I'm like, oh, I'll just download that and I'll, I'll play it for a bit. You know? Yeah, I think I think the value of the Game Pass, whether you use it for... Because like, I've got an Odeon card, for example, and it's like I watch one, I watch two films a month. I've already paid for my subscription. Yeah, and it's like it's the same with get this. It's like I say, if I play Halo, it takes me eight months to make your money back. Yeah, to uh, yeah, lose actually lose money. Yeah, you're worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like there's so much value in them that I Mm. I don't necessarily because it's like it is. uh it's not. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Yeah, but a, But, um, a lot of a lot of people make that calculation. I suspect. Just yeah, like, yeah. Even if I'm not just keep going through, single. yeah. I think I think there is an element of like, oh, I kind of I kind of hope they forget, but I think it's like they they are just. I think consistently they're proven that it's such good value for money that people don't want to, and I think that's where Netflix are now because I don't know whether they still actually do the free month trial now, because I don't know. Oh, I am I am going Scooby. I'm uh, not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, yeah so I'm not it, sure. It's, because I think if this has been investigated, surely that has. Like, yeah. there's no way. There's no way that. Yeah. But I, I just think, like, just from a, a consumer sort of, like, it, like, uh, connect, uh, connection sort of thing, like, you shouldn't have that on. Like, what if a kid signs up because they, their parents have left their, their thing on? Do you know what I mean? Or, or something. I just think it's just. It's yeah. Well, that, that was always the thing with anything, like, where it was, like, buying it online and, like, with gaming, if it was kids gaming, that it was like, yeah, have you spent like a thousand pounds on our credit card? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's a point where you should like look, just don't have your your services on there if you yeah. can't be trusted. Um, but yeah, that that's I suppose always going to be a risk when with either with kids or with uh, adults who are responsible. <laughs> <laughs> Call me out like that. It's it's good because it, it it takes up that that scummy business practice. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that that yeah customer yeah, relations. Yeah. I think it just it improves it tenfold and like it's just yeah. I just think like be nice. Stop fucking trying to make money. Everyone, stop it. <laughs> I want to make money. Though. I'm sure Microsoft are there. Like that guy from Uncat, like he, he, he's yeah, probably, he goes, oh, trying to make money. I, 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 I was I, dedicated to capitalism, <laughs> but now I'm going to become a socialist. Our <laughs> good old friend, friend Phil's like, do you know what? Yeah, he's right. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'll go but, speak to uh, Bill yeah, and we'll, like, we'll sort it out. <laughs> just add good quality, man. Just that's And yeah. then. And I think I think that's where like Game Pass is excelling is because it's good quality, it's good yeah. value. That 
they're not trying to be scummy. They're, they're actually providing a very good service, service you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. 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 Hmm. So, have we got anything more to add on subscription services in general, or...? Uh, no, I don't think so. Any final thoughts on that subject before we move on? None at all. That's, that's <laughs> no thoughts. Head is empty. <laughs> just, um, just stop trying to make money. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Give us games for free, everyone. I could. Do it. <laughs> So, the final topic, um, because we always like to touch on how the games industry impacts on people in, in these podcasts. So, we're talking about, again, Activision Blizzard have been in the news um, with a few different things at the moment. But I think the, so the two kind of biggest ones at the moment are the recent decision that they're going to convert um, a thousand quality assurance workers in the US um, to from contract workers to full-time positions on at least $20 an hour um, and this excludes those um, QA workers who are part of the um, bid to unionize um, which they've claimed is because with that unionization process they're not allowed to introduce any new changes to contracts but which is pretty transparent as far as being like an obvious union busting tactic of the you know the ones who didn't try and unionize are all getting this pay rise and users are getting screwed over. Um, That's why unions are bad. Okay, you don't get what you want through union. I'm joking, Phil. Please yes. don't kill me. It was a joke. That, that, Please that, don't that, hurt me. What Dale just said is is pretty much the company line. I'm sure. <laughs> is, is I'd be a great company man. Xbox hit me up. Is I that actually you. true? Then you can't change your contract whilst unionizing well it's i mean us the way the way it works in the us is different to in the uk so ah, I, don't okay. know, I don't know what the nuances are there but i mean if it was in the uk there, there, there's absolutely nothing uh, and no one's going to take you to court for it if you raised people's pay uh, yeah, <laughs> the one's gonna yeah. go. Oh, hold on, actually. Oh, um, this is terrible. How dare you pay them more? <laughs> they don't deserve that. There's probably someone, though. <laughs> there is someone in there. Let's be fair, someone's out there. Damn. Um, so yeah, the I mean, everything that they've been coming under the spotlight for is is kind of around comes back to all the cultural things and the issues over sexual harassment in the workplace, workplace treatments. Uh, and this is also where the other big thing that's made the news for them is they've appointed a new head of diversity, equality, inclusion um, called uh, Kristen Hines, who wants to build a workplace that values transparency, equity, and inclusivity. Which, again, it's really oh, hard help. to it's really hard to see, you know, on face value whether this is something that's genuinely going to change something or whether it's like a PR type thing is like oh, look we've appointed someone going to do this and, and then they think that appointing someone is enough and that, that the whole thing um, so I don't know and then rather predictably um, the the main response that we've seen on Twitter is a load of people complaining that this just means the video games are going to get more woke 
and bad <laughs> so, oh. because yeah. people are just awful. Um, we don't want wokeness. Good lord. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine being angry at things just being... How inclusive? dare he have curly <laughs> hair? How dare he? Can you imagine actually getting wound up the things are, you know, including people? <laughs> well, as far as I can see from like some of the biggest YouTube channels around, it pays really well to get wound up at that stuff. I suppose, yeah, maybe. Yeah, if you, maybe if we're like, doing things wrong. Yeah, if like, um, uh, but I think the thing is as well is like outrage beat. Yeah, the people people react to it and they're like they try to like kind of um, argue against it, and then that gives them more of a platform. And it's it's just like yeah, it's it's a whole it toxic cycle. Yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. So if there's one thing I could suggest, is the, like I I don't like to say it, but just if they're making YouTube videos, just ignore them. Or report yeah. them because, like, then you feed you're feeding the beast effectively. Like, yeah, but then that stuff even feeds them, and it's just it's weird. They're, they're a weird group. Let's just all carry on and just enjoy the games, you know. But I yeah. mean, it, this is this is good news, though, right? Because you know, they're at yeah. least there's, there's, there's take... a real problem that needs to be because, like, um, I'm just looking through the article. Like, it says, um, like when in December 2021, when Blizzard released its representation data, like um, women accounted for 24% of the workforce, and then uh, underrepresented ethnic groups made up about 36%. So it's majority white, majority male. Um, and the kind of impetus behind that is to change that more and get more people in, which, again, the, the kind of reactionary... Like, you know, I'm angry at everything. I hate the world because everyone's not as miserable as me, crowd. Um, kind of see that as, oh, well, you're just taking jobs away from people. You should, you should you should just hire people on the basis that they're good to the job, where actually, if people did that, there probably would be more representation. You know, it would be more representative of the wider mm -hmm. demographic of where you're hiring because people, you know, the, the problem isn't that people are being more likely to be shoved into a job because they're, they're black or because they're a woman. So the problem is actually the exact opposite and it, it's you know you're more likely to be hired over someone with the exact same skill set if you're white and male and, and, and everything else yeah. um yeah so yeah it's, it's a real problem that needs to be fixed but like i say it's it's the question i suppose is does this mean a fix is coming or and there is a genuine culture change, or does this mean that they have put someone in a position and claim that that itself's enough? Yeah. 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 I, think, I think the thing is, as well, is like, we're really not, it's going to take a couple of years to kind of see the, that happen, if it is genuine. So it's mm. like, we're not going to see, like, immediate change or anything. But, um, yeah, it's it, like, it's just one of those things we've got to, got to keep our eye out on. And if it is, happening then great like happy days do you know what i mean but if it's not it's like kind of we need like people need to almost put the pressure on them and if the union is there to do that then yeah great like do you know what i mean so yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well that's it that hopefully more people will unionize because that i mean these are the tactics they always use to, to bust unions is to just give things to other workers who are not part of the union to kind of create a divide there and and present it as less favourable. 
all this rhetoric around oh well you don't want to be in a union because we're a family you know we're a family and we you know this outside influence is coming in to uh they'll make you pay union dues and then they'll they'll want to do really horrible things like increase your pay and make sure you're treated well in the workplace <laughs> the bastards the monsters <laughs> wait do we have a union here at uh uncapped <clears throat> Yeah, Maybe the guy that squashes it out for fun. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't need to listen that, to that Phil. That would beg the question of who who our boss is. If we are we unionizing against ourselves? We all need to get in a boss because <laughs> none of us can manage anything. We are woeful. <laughs> oh my, my employment opportunity is to shut down this podcast, haven't they? Like, <laughs> Please, we're going to be setting up a uh, GoFundMe for lights. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely... So pay for a change in name it. and identity. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to put on my management like, thing. Uh, episode 19 of the Uncat Podcast. Please watch do Claire. not watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, a different person back then. Yeah, I was angry and I race quitted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't manage anything. Um, so, anything else happened? That, I'm sure there's been lots of other stuff because they they seem to be in the news every two minutes. But anything I've missed or we've missed in that coverage that we want to draw um, attention to? No, no, like I mean, the only other thing that's kind of big that's happened was Kingdom's Heart Four got announced. If you care about that, they're so confusing. Like it's not yeah. my cup of tea. They're lie. just like I, I. They they'd be very much my cup of tea. Like a hundred percent. I didn't. I'd agree that like Kingdoms of Heart. Like you know me. I do like Disney. Yeah, yeah. And I do like. Like it's very. It, it reminds me very much like anime and you know stuff like that. It, it just it looks cool. But there's like Kingdoms of Heart one. Kingdoms of Heart one point one point two. Kingdoms of Heart three point seven point eight point one. Kingdoms of Heart this and that. And I was on my dissertation. Oh. <laughs> It's so confusing. It's just, it's so bad for the. That's generalizing the franchise because I know people love it, but it's so bad. That, that's for a headline. New... Local, local man confused by Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait. Let me let me pull Kingdom. King, I can't spell King. I, I, I spell... saw someone post like they were uh, on Twitter. They were like, "But oh, I'm gonna play uh, Kingdom Hearts." All of them uh, with my mate, and then he basically like, just posted them all, and it went on for like four lines. Are you ready? <laughs> this is the order that you're meant to play them in, I think. Oh, wait, no. Oh, they, oh my god, why do these ad why, why do journalistic things have so many ads on their thing? What the? Name. I just want a list, yeah, I suppose, but they just pop up <laughs> everywhere. You can find the release order list first further down. Use the release order list. So it's Kingdoms of Heart, Kingdoms Hearts, Kingdoms Hearts Final Mix, Kingdoms Hearts Chains of Memories, Kingdoms Hearts 2, Kingdoms Hearts 2 Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts RE Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts Coded, Kingdom Hearts 358 Dash Two Days, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep Final Mix. Kingdom Hearts RE Coded, Kingdom Hearts 3D Drop, uh, Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts X, which I'm assuming is 10, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Unchained X forward slash Union X, 
open brackets 2015 forward slash renamed in 2017 close brackets Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep 0.2 a fragmentary a fragmentary pass a uh, passage Kingdom Hearts X black cover Kingdom Hearts 3 Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind DLC Kingdom Hearts Dark Roads Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory it's like wh where why why are there so many calm down like it's what Mickey Mouse-like, do you know what, what I mean? What happened to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5? You know, bro, I mean... The, you know, that could yeah. be a podcast in itself, like, um, I think it's Japanese numbering <laughs> conventions in particular. Japanese games seem to... Yeah, Japanese games seem to do it, yeah. Um, I know, like, Final Fantasy is pretty bad for it, right? They got, like, 12.5, 16.8, 227.3, yeah. minus so, 18. With, with, with DLCs. Final, <laughs> yeah, with Final yeah. Fantasy, you can kind of see it, because each Final Fantasy numbered entry is a separate world. So then you have, like, the ones within that world. like the, like So, like, Final Fantasy X-2 is the second one set in the Final Fantasy X world. But it's it's all the games where it's one continuous like canon story or whatever. Yeah. And then I mean, if you're into it, I bet you it's amazing. But like these games just make it so hard for a new player perspective. And especially when you're like, oh, where do I start? And people are like, I recommend you start the Game Boy edition that was released in 1982 with only three pixels that run the screen. But the story that it's it's just like, oh my lord, just beautiful white pixels. To be fair, the best the best numbering convention ever is the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> Don't bore me with that. <laughs> too fast, too furious. Three fast, three gone. <laughs> fast, fast or five, fast. and furious six, and <laughs> oh, and then you got like the what's it called? And they're the... too fast, too family. Well, anyway, um, I think <laughs> numbering conventions aside, that that probably brings us about to the end of the podcast. <laughs> we um, after uh, we talked about everything that we intended to talk about, and then we also talked about the numbering conventions of Kingdom Hearts, which we didn't intend to talk about. So thanks for that, Dale. No, it's all right. I just I gotta get my frustrations out there because I want to play it, but I also don't want to play eighteen games to find out why I should play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. For for anyone who might be wondering why we took ten minutes discussing that subject when we're ten minutes later than Dale wanted to finish the podcast, um, <laughs> it's of it Dale. makes no sense to us either. <laughs> I'm fault. Sorry. 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 Um. But now it's all in good fun. But however, that is it for this week's episode. Um, as ever, don't forget that you can find every episode of the podcast on your favorite podcasting service or on YouTube, um, where you can also find additional content like reviews, previews, and other commentary. So you should definitely subscribe to that if you're not already. Um, links in the description for everything ranging from our social media, where you can um, see us lurking and nonsense to our discord server where you can join and be part of the community and talk to us um so yeah we're everywhere and you should join us we are everywhere join we are omnipotent i think that's the right word join the other <laughs> we, we, we don't have a union <laughs> <laughs> that stuff becoming our logo <laughs> um but yeah 
Um, thank you very much for listening to our unprofessional nonsense, and we will see you next time. I have a wonderful time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.